a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you're able to check out the last fresh episode two weeks ago that featured my chat with Hannah and Leslie, the hosts of the Goose Chicks podcast. We chatted about the recent Jake and Joel sit-in with Goose at Resonance, which we will get to Umfree set at that festival in next week's episode here on Dropped Among This Crowd. Hannah, Leslie, and I also chatted about Ben sitting in with the band during some recent dates during the summer and then upcoming, actually, if this weekend, if you're listening to this when it airs, um, in Chris's absence and so much more. We just talked about the jam community and being a female at the show and just a whole bunch of awesome stuff. Such a great episode and so much fun talking to those ladies. I'm so excited to work on some other stuff with them. Um, So check that out anywhere you podcast. And the last fresh episode recapping music from this summer was my Red Rocks episode, which dropped back on August 5th. So check that out if you haven't. And I don't know about you, but that just seems like so long ago. Even just August 5th seems like so long ago, but also Red Rock seems so long ago. I don't know about you guys, but it has been a hell of a summer. It's good to be back, though. Like, the month of August was so amazing, The whole summer was amazing personally and professionally and specifically August, which if some of you follow me on social media, you may have seen some of the things that uh, I was up to over the month. And even before that, you know, there's been a lot of life transitions um, for me, but it's really nice to be back to reviewing music. It's been weird to not be in my studio and recording and you know so even though it was an awesome couple of months it was really busy and it's just nice to kind of be getting back into a flow of things Um, my kids started school this week which is very awesome too and so it's just nice to get back into this and we're going to be looking back at summer tour and I'm excited to share my stories as we look back on these shows and share my experiences of tour and all the other things that I was up to. So it's going to be a multi-part episode coming your way over the next couple of weeks. And you know what? It's interesting 
because the past two weeks, the show hasn't come out on Tuesday. And so I've been thinking, do I want to move it to Thursdays and whatever? And, you know, honestly, right now I'm just kind of dropping stuff as I create it, as I get caught up on things. So yeah, I'm excited to really dive back into the amazing summer that was 2023. I know a lot of people had a lot of things going on and, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for what the rest of the year holds for all of us. So this week we're going to get started with part one, looking back, starting with the show at Bonnaroo on June 18th, then Buffalo, New York on June 29th, and Peach Festival on June 30th. Especially excited to talk about that hometown throwdown in Buffalo. I'll say it now, and I'm sure I'm going to say it again when we get to that show, Umphreys always throws it down in Buffalo. I think I actually already said that when the podcast episode and I talked about how I had recently gone to the show. I think I already said this, but Umphreys always throws it down in Buffalo. That's a fact. If you go back and you look at shows, some of which we're going to get into in a little bit, um, but if you have not seen them here, you would be wise to put it on your umph goals, as my friend Megan Carter says, and see a show here. I'm serious. I mean, I, I mean, I would see them anywhere on the moon. I've said this, but I mean, again, I'm biased. I've <laughs> lived in Buffalo since 1998. I've had ties here my entire life, so there's definitely a sense of bias. But I've had conversations with people that are not from here that, especially this past year, that came to the Town Ballroom show based on their own research that they had done on past Buffalo shows. And they were like, no, I definitely want to go to the Buffalo show. So I know I'll say it again later in the show, but definitely make it a point to see Umphreys at the Town Ballroom in Buffalo. And Joel said several times since that show, I've heard him you know, we talked about it. I overheard him talking to other people about it and talking about that venue. Um, so yeah, trust me. Come to Buffalo, come see Umphreys, and selfishly, you could hang out with me. So do it. Anyway, before we get into all of that, a little bit of news for you. Patreon subscribers, keep your eyes peeled for some mail packages coming your way from DATC Media, your yearly membership packages I posted on Patreon. Um, In case you didn't know, I post stuff on there and there's all sorts of great stuff. More pictures and behind the scenes stuff is coming soon. Um, Also, I did like a social media post as well. So you will be getting merch items based on the tier that you are subscribed to. Based on the tracking I checked, everybody should be getting their stuff Friday this week. So I'm very excited for everybody to get their stuff. I'm loving the merch this year, and I'm excited to hear what you think. So if you are a Patreon subscriber and you get your merch, please let me know what you think of your stuff. All of this, besides stickers, I've never made before. Um, So please, I want your honest feedback. Tell me what you love, what you hate, what you would change. It's the only way I can get better with merch. So let me know. And also, I'm not opposed to some nice tagging on social media. So feel free to tag your swag on social media. Um, and let everybody know the awesome shit that you get when you are a Patreon subscriber. And if you're listening and you're not, patreon.com 
slash DATC Media Company for more details. There's also a link in the show notes. And I do have some merch items left. So if you sign up, I will still send out the yearly package for you if you do it like in the next month or so. Also, when you sign up, you can get access to the mini series We've Come So Far. Five episodes are up there. I'm working on getting the rest of those done. That's on my list of things to catch up on. Um, So there's going to be some more content dropping for those Patreon folks over there. And I've been getting a ton of emails from Patreon. I got to sort through them all um, about different content and different things that I can do and stuff with like Spotify and exclusive podcasts and all sorts of really neat stuff that they've added recently. And so I'm really excited to dive further into the Patreon and see what else I can offer those awesome folks over there. Speaking of subscriptions, also the summer fall issue of Crooked Conversations is in the works. Shout out to Anna, my photographer, who has added a new position to her repertoire here at DATC Media, I guess is the right word. (laughs) She is the associate editor of Crooked Conversations, an extra pair of eyes and ideas. I'm loving her ideas and her thoughts. And just layout in and just having some help on that is really great. There's so much content inside of there and I want it to be great and awesome for you guys Um, So having her do this and bring some more of her awesome skills to the table. She's already an amazing photographer. So much of her stuff has been shared on the company's social media, on the website. There's a bunch of her pictures inside this issue and past issues. Um, So I'm really excited to have her other skills come to the table and do these other things. So shout out to her. She has been super awesome with doing stuff while I was busy on tour last month. Um, So yeah, it's a stacked issue. Again, all of summer is going to be in there, summer camp and on. So a lot of content. Keep your eyes peeled for more details on pre-order Or if you just want to make sure you get it, patreon.com slash DATC Media Company. All the details are there. Show announcement. Brendan Bayless at the Livery. Is that right? I think so. In Benton Harbor, Michigan, October 7th. Tickets are available. Link in show notes. I've never, sadly, had the chance to see Bayless at this venue He's played there a few times now, probably half a dozen times, maybe not quite that many, but close. I've been told it's a fun time, which I don't doubt, a cool little place. So if you're able to swing it, uh, definitely go. And some very awesome news I also want to share with everybody. Um, As many of you listening may know, I've been working as Rough Gage's marketing representative and social media person uh, for a few months now, almost a year. We're getting close to a year, which is exciting. Um, And Rough Gage, if you don't know, created the Jake Blade. And if you didn't listen, the guys were guests here on the show. And I'll throw a link in the show notes they get into the history of it and, and the workings of it and a whole bunch of awesome stuff. It's a really great conversation. But anyway, so one of the things that I've been working on for them is getting the blades available on Amazon. 
And so for two-ish weeks now, maybe a little bit more, actually, it was the same day as the Stone Pony show, so mid-August, the Rough Gauge store went live on Amazon. So that means that the OG PRS and the Stratocaster Jake Blade is now available on Amazon, which is so exciting for them. It's so exciting for Jake. It's just a very cool thing, and it's been a really neat thing to learn how to build and you know, now run and, and maintain a Amazon store and kind of learn how the advertising and stuff for that works. So it's been a really cool thing for me, too, to learn a lot of really cool new skills and totally new world of things. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, but yeah, check it out. There is a link in the show notes where you can get one from there. And depending on if you're prime, where you're located, you can get it in one to two days. Just the regular silver version for now. Um, we're not going to branch into the dipped custom blades. That's more of like a really one-on-one -on -one customer preference process. Um, so it's just these for now, just to kind of see how it goes. And if you do wind up ordering one, please make sure you leave a review because that totally helps on Amazon. Unfortunately, you can only leave reviews if you've bought them from Amazon because I was like, I know a ton of people that own blades and would love to write reviews, but unfortunately, you can only do it if you order them from Amazon. Um, so check it out. Even just like searching it really helps with the algorithm, which is silly, um, but it works and it's the thing. And again, it's one of those things if you feel inclined to share about it, um, tell your musician and guitar playing friends and whatever. Uh, word of mouth is so huge, but that's a very exciting thing. And I wanted to pass that along to you guys because um, it's big for everybody. So yeah, check it out. Link in show notes if you're interested. And if you have not checked out my weekly live show over on YouTube, wrapped around Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, I get into the news more often than here on the show because sometimes there's just so much going on in a week, like when there was the Chris announcement and the rescheduling of Humble and the Vermont shows, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just another way to keep people, you guys, informed with the band here at DATC and more. And honestly, I love chatting with folks that tune in live. Um, so join me Saturday at 1 p.m., over on YouTube, wrapped around. All right, so let's get into talking about some music. I'm stoked about it. It feels like an eternity since I talked about some music in this capacity. First up this week, June 18th, Bonnaroo, Manchester, Tennessee. This was available to watch for free on Hulu, and that was pretty awesome because we were able to watch the stream of Dylan and both nights of Red Rocks. So we got to watch the whole weekend at home, which was awesome. This would be the 15th time that the band played at Bonnaroo. The first time was way back in 2002 on June 21st. And they haven't been back to the farm in six years. Last time was June 11th, 2017. Many, many memorable moments at Bonnaroo for the band over the years. 
a show that a lot of people talk about, most notably June 11th, 2004. Just look that up and then give it a listen. Shout out to the crew and the band. And Bayless brings this up too, that they took a red-eye flight because they did that Colorado run and then flew to Tennessee and did this afternoon set at Bonnaroo. And it was hot as fuck. It was Father's Day weekend, if I remember correctly, June 18th. And, you know, everybody's fucking tired. And it's this whole thing. Like, incredible job to everybody involved because, yeah, not easy. They would kick this one setter off with puppet string. The right amount of time spent warming up the engine before they would abandon puppet proper and dance ahead full of confidence into the jam slightly before five minutes, delicately taking a moment to catch its breath before easily finding its way back into puppet less than three minutes later. A standard pure saturation next, followed by a standalone bridgeless. This and the soon-to-come a bit later booth love would be the biggest jams of this Bonnaroo set. Shaking off Bridgeless and wandering off about six minutes, showing its maturity right out of the gate, wasting no time opening itself way up, stomping defiantly back into Bridgeless a little over two minutes later. Hiccup next. Also standard, but we would most certainly see not only more of this tune, but more from it as the summer would progress, which we will get into. The aforementioned Booth Love next, followed by Frankie Zombie, found on the band's Zonky album, a mashup of Thunder Kiss 65 by White Zombie, Relax, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd, covered 15 times, last played a year to the day, June 18th, 2022, at Red Rocks. Definitely a nice cover choice for this afternoon set Bonnaroo crowd. I thought it as I was watching it live. I'm like, this is a good choice for this crowd, for sure. And closing out this set at Bonnaroo with Jajunk. Moving along to June 29th at the Town Ballroom in Buffalo, New York. And like I said, I have been waiting to talk about this show. Hometown for me, the venue is 20 minutes from my house. (laughs) I've parked in the parking lot that I parked so many times. I've been at the ballroom so many times. I've seen so many Mo shows there. I've seen so many Umphrey shows there. I've seen tribute shows there. I've seen fundraising events, concerts there. I mean, I've seen so much stuff inside the ballroom. They've played at this venue nine times. 
first show at the venue was September 27th, 2006. And I have personally seen six of those nine shows. Also, they have not played here since October 26th, 2013. Not here in terms of the venue. They've played in Western New York in Niagara Falls in 2015 and 2016. I'm just kind of running off the top of my head here. Um, But they haven't played at the ballroom since 2013. Which I know for everyone, especially myself, 10 years ago is a completely different life. So to be back in that room anyway was just like holy shit. And as many of you know... Moving into my house after being in my mom's for a year. I just got my new car. Um, a lot of really awesome new things have just been coming and materializing into my life. And so to have the nostalgia to see them again at the ballroom it was my first show in my new place. It was the first show that I'd seen in a little while because I couldn't go to summer camp and I couldn't go to Red Rocks and there was just a lot. There was a lot. And, you know, looking back on it now, that's the way the summer started and all these other shows that I wound up doing. And it was just a lot. And it was just really special. And it it just was one of those, of course, of course, it's this band. It's not anything else. It's Umphreys. Of course it is. And it was just a very special thing. And it was really special to have some friends there and, and just Yeah, it was really awesome, and somehow every time I leave a show and a run and a weekend and whatever, I somehow love this band, love this community, love what I do, and leave with such a passion and a drive, and my cup and my heart is so full. It's incredible to me how after so much time and continuously to do this very often, Um, that that's still the feeling that I have. And it's just very special. Um, So yeah, just a lot of memories inside that building. They were actually supposed to play in January of 2021. And it was canceled because we had gotten snow, but like the snow was done. There was just an issue with the band loading in to the venue because of the way the snow is pushed down that street, downtown Buffalo. And at the time, I'm not sure that the front of the building, like now you can drive down the street in the front of the building. It used to just be the subway, but now you can drive down there also. I don't know if it was like that at that time. I don't remember how recent that changes, but it got canceled. And it's funny, I guess, in hindsight, I found out that I had COVID like legitimately a few hours right before I found out they canceled the show. It was a whole crazy thing. I was upset because I wasn't going to be able to go because I found out I had COVID. And then less than two hours later, I got a text saying that the Buffalo show was canceled. And so it was a crazy thing that all worked out weirdly. So this was their first time back to the ballroom. One show that comes to mind, particularly that is a huge favorite of mine, March 4th, 2010, when the song formerly known as Pop-Tart would be debuted as No Comment. And this was 
the very first time in my Umphreys fandom that I had followed a stew, a jam, you know, whatever, from its infancy and then it being Pop-Tart and then it becoming no comment. So it was really exciting to me for that reason, but also because my boyfriend at the time and a bunch of friends and whatever, we used to play this game and like pick the songs we wanted to hear and the person who got the most won. Prize was like different every time, you know, like whatever was going on. But that night, not only did I win because of the songs that I chose, but when we were talking about it on the way to the venue, I remember saying, oh, I wish that they would do something with that Pop-Tart. Even if they just throw it in something, it would be cool to hear it live because I've been following it and whatever. had this kind of conversation, a one-sided conversation, by the way, because, you know, I digress. Anyway, but not only did they play it that night, but they debuted it as, oh, hey, now it's a song. And I was freaking out. The people that I was at the show with, they were looking at me like, what is wrong with you? What in the fuck is going on? What did, what did we miss? Why is she freaking out? Like, should we know this song right now? Favorite moment. I actually did a podcast episode way back about that show, and I'll throw a link in the show notes. It's just so fun to look back on that show. I mean, that's so long ago, too. Um, but go back and listen to that podcast episode if you're interested. Also that night they did a cover of Abacab by Genesis. And I mean, some of you probably know how I feel about Genesis. So yeah, I mean, you should probably give that a listen. March 4th, 2010, set list in the show notes. So anyway, back to this. This show was fire. (laughs) And I had to ask about this and make sure that it wasn't attendance bias. You know, hometown show, everything I explained, all the things. And I'm like, it's got to be attendance bias. And so I asked some friends of mine that I value their opinion of the show and said, hey, you know, you weren't there. Listen to this. Tell me what you think. Everybody agreed with me. Everybody agreed that they absolutely played their asses off during the show, believed the lie, which I alluded to in a recent past episode, The Wallet's Worth. I mean, we're going to get into it, okay? But this show was ridiculous. If you haven't listened to it, even pause this podcast episode and go listen to it today because it's ridiculous, okay? And like I said at the top of the show, Umphreys always throws down in Buffalo, and you should definitely make it a point to come see them play at the town ballroom, period. I had people... Multiple people have said to me that part of the reason why they went to the ballroom shows was specifically because they had done their own research on past ballroom shows and were looking for venues that, you know, they weren't the typical venue that everybody hits up every year. You know, they were trying to get to different venues. And the Buffalo shows consistently across the board – Every time they come here, even when they're not playing at the town ballroom, like I said, they've played other places in the area too that were fire shows, but specifically the town ballroom shows are fire. I mean, you could even branch into Mo. I've seen some incredible Mo shows at the ballroom. 
incredible versions of George with the disco ball. Like, are you kidding me? It's an amazing venue. So do yourself a favor and come to the town ballroom and see Umphrey's crush a show. You're not going to be disappointed. And the food here is amazing. And there's also just so much awesome history in the area. So come visit. End of rant. (laughs) All right. So set one would get started with the walkout tune. You got the wrong guy. Followed by educated guests. And you know what? I am proud of how that tune has gotten more comfortable and sure of itself in its live setting. I'm sure I have mentioned before how I felt in the past about that tune not translating totally well on stage, in my opinion, which was a shame because I really love that tune, but I feel recently that it's kind of figured itself out and showed that it's capable of holding its own live. Always here for a good educated guess. Booth Love next. The first tune from the evening that found a spot on my 2023 highlightsnugs.net playlist. You'll find an updated link for that in the show notes. It sucks that it makes me update the link every time I add songs to it. So I have to make sure that the link's always updated in the show notes because it's just frustrating. Anyway, this booth love would confidently strut off after six minutes taking a second to make sure our dancing shoes were laced up nice and tight before continuing on. This would get some really nice height and open real wide, revealing every layer of itself within the real depth of the jam, landing both feet and booth love very nicely back on earth about 11 minutes. Hiccup next, again, another standard version, and like I just said, We would for sure see more from that tune and more of that tune as the summer went on. I'm excited to get into that more. While it's worth next, I thought a big highlight from the evening, and I'm sure no surprise to find this is on my highlights list. There's something about this song that no matter any time I hear it, for me. It's just instant nostalgic. It's so interesting how, I mean, that happens with music in me anyways. I'm sure you listening are like, yeah, me too. It's very interesting with certain Umphrey songs, how I hear them and they're just so nostalgic. Walletsworth is totally one of those. The jam with this would come after the song completed its story changing its mind about pulling into the driveway, instead cruising past and taking it for a very nice, comfortable, scenic drive. Love it when the crowd at the end is just like, oh, shit, yes. Let's go. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And I just mentioned this too last month when I was on tour to somebody that that crowd noise after shows was everything to me during COVID. I would listen to, you know, old shows and whatever, and hearing that crowd noise was everything. It meant the world to me. Sometimes it would make me cry, too, during all of that going on. Um, But I just love it. It just gives you that extra feeling when you're listening, like, oh, yes, this is why I go see them live. 
Anyway, essentially whisking us off to the other side of the world as it completely engulfed us in a good way, causing us to release any idea of time or space, shifting and gathering more energy and momentum as it continues to climb. Very Mo-esque feel to the jam slightly before 11 minutes as it starts to plan its landing again. Very nicely planting feet back on the ground coming out of the jam. Continuing to hold on to that confident strut as it sets its sights on the exit. This whole show, I keep saying it, from beginning to end is for sure worth your time. But this wall it's worth as well as a few things still to come and set too. Recommended listening for sure. Just ridiculous. Trust me. I just recommend it over and over again. Listen to the Buffalo Show. Night Nurse next. I've mentioned many times how I feel about Night Nurse. This one only proves my point and no surprise. You'll find it on my highlights list. There would be some very Zeppelin-esque vibes to the jam as it began its climb. First reached the stratosphere, erupting after 10 minutes, dropping so nicely back into Night Nurse proper after a minute later. Triangle Tier coming out for a second play this year. I chatted about this in the Red Rocks episode where it was played for the first time in 202 shows Last seen January 29th, 2020, prior to being dusted off at Red Rocks on June 16th. Since the second playing of it here in Buffalo, we've not seen it yet again. But that may have more to do with Chris being gone and it being a song that they were already dusting off themselves recently. And then, you know, asking drummers to learn it. I mean, I could see why maybe it wouldn't be a priority right now. It was nice to get it those two times we did. And like I said in the Colorado episode, I would not be mad about seeing some expansion from Triangle Tier in the future. And hear me out. This is my idea. Triangle Tier into unevolved that's all i'm gonna say marinate on that ending the set with a nice fatty triple wide this you will also find on my highlights list you can never go wrong with a first set ending triple wide tuning in and ocularly mapping out what corner of the universe we're going to visit first during our impending interstellar journey Love how it rounds the corner about three minutes later and wings outstretched, just completely embracing every last piece of positive energy emitting from this jam. This right here is one of the many, many reasons I unfreeze. But just that bliss that comes over you during a jam like this. That, that's why I unfreeze. <laughs> Working itself all up into a tizzy and again landing nicely in the triple wide.
set two. Coming out firing on all cylinders. A huge believe the lie. Huge believe the lie. Some people were even calling it a goat believe the lie. I don't know. Maybe we're going to have to do some kind of like head to head here maybe. This not only found a spot on my highlights list, but I put it on my Hall of Fame contenders list for 2023. Honestly, lots of buzz around this version. Listen to the whole show, but if you're going to pull something out and listen to it first, listen to the Believe the Lie. This over 20-minute adventure, it's very much worth your time, for sure. I loved the patience on its way back into Believe the Lie about 17 minutes. That anticipation and build back in, it's one of my absolute favorite Umphreys things anyway. It always has been since my very early days as an Umphreys fan. The dynamic duo that is Brendan and Jake, I just love it. But this one was extra patient and intentional about its build. And you can tell by the audience response after this one, fucking fire. And like I said, threw it on my 2023 Hall of Fame contenders list. And then to come at us next with Draconian. Ugh. And I love everything about the 80s dramatic crime show soundtrack that led us into Draconian. They've been peppering that in there a little bit throughout this year. And I'm loving it. And I'm not sure if that's like being led by Jake, Joel. I'm not sure. But whoever's doing it, I'm loving it. Taking me back to the late 80s with those dramatic crime shows. The criminals and like the boats and the drugs. And I don't know. It's funny what I think in my head sometimes when I hear these things. I've said this before. And it's funny every time I see Draconian in person now or whatever, I always think of my friend Adam Scheinberg and how he said, you know, Sarah will enjoy the set list if there's Draconian on there. And he's he's not wrong. He's 100% right. This song has brought me to tears on more than one occasion over the years, but specifically this summer. So, of course, you'll find this on my highlights list. Strategically figuring out where we're heading, beginning slightly after four minutes, letting it ride for a little bit as it drives its heels in deeper and deeper and gets comfortable, eventually gains confidence and embarks on a very matter-of-fact adventure unchaperoned emitting all sorts of energy out before bringing it to a more even level so we could all wrap our minds around kind of what just happened there sinisterly crawling its way toward those lyrics slightly before 11 and a half revealing a more hopeful and sunny disposition as it makes its way closer and closer bearing more of its soul in the way that only draconian can every last part of that song is a damn masterpiece truth the musical composition the lyrics the guitar the bass the percussion the song itself the keys the energy around it 
every last thing about that song, it's a damn masterpiece. That's the truth. Half Delayed Next. Even though this was a standard version, another one I think has come a nice way in terms of its live setting delivery. Love Half Delayed, Love Educated Gas was so stoked that they were both in this set list. And they were great. They really have come into their own, and I'm here for it. A nice utopian fur sandwich to round out this second set in Buffalo. Sandwiched in the middle, a cover of Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Last time played February 17th, 2022 in Columbus, Ohio. They've covered that now 36 times. That tune can be found on Zeppelin's 1970 Led Zeppelin 3 album. The second half of this second set ending Utopian Sandwich is where all the meat is. And this you would find on my highlights list as well. Slid very nicely from that immigrant song back into Utopian. I also thought this had some Bright Lights Big City vibes from August 11th, 2018 when it heads out about two minutes. Another favorite show, which I will link the set list and the podcast episode I did about it in the show notes. And I also recommend giving that a spin. Bayless's birthday in Indy at White River. Yeah, give that a listen for sure. Buffalo has been the scene for another fire version of Utopian Two, actually, April 19th, 2007. And the one that for sure came to mind was the first set opening 20-plus minute Utopian on April 9th, 2008. I suggest you give at least that Utopian a listen, but that whole show is also really good. I missed that show. I was an Umphreys fan at that time. Like, I was seeing them. My first New Year's was actually 2008 into 2009, but I missed this show because I had family coming in. But it's I was definitely butthurt about it. That show is really, really good. So check that out. Encore, one tune, Rocktopus. A very nice song choice to warm up the crowd attending the Death King show on the stage. Which, interestingly, I didn't know this stage existed. Or like maybe I forgot I did now that I'm like thinking of a fundraiser I was at one time but anyways there was a stage behind this like wall curtain part of the main part of the town ballroom which was really interesting to me but anyway yeah death kings ended the evening i will admit i didn't stay it was interesting how they had to do the whole thing they take everybody out of the venue and then only let the people that bought tickets for death kings in because of the part of the venue that it was in it was Kind of weird. Um, But I didn't stay. I just simply could not. (laughs) Moving the days and weeks leading up to it. And I was just so tired. I had to tap out for that one, sadly. But there is a post on the show's Instagram page of the set list that they played that night. If you want to scroll through and take a peek. And then there is a Death Kings page in Crooked Conversations that has posts and stuff to kind of keep you updated on what's going on with them also.
week, June 30th, at Peach Festival at Montage Mountain in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They've played at Montage Mountain 11 times since August 13th, 2016. Of those 11 times, only one was for a different event, Camp Bisco, July 20th, 2019. Although the show on August 12th, 2017 does not list Peach Fest on all things, it would be my assumption that that's the event that was being played there. Could be wrong, but that's my guess. Anyway, last year when they played at Peach Fest, July 3rd, they did an absolutely sexy cover, so sexy, of Dazed and Confused with Kanika. It is so hot. And it's the first time that the band played that Zeppelin tune, too. I was surprised to find that out. There's video of it on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes. And, I mean, yeah, you can listen to it on Nugs, which is great, or wherever you listen to your stuff. But you're not going to be sad about watching this video with Kanika and just, like, the energy. And it was definitely, like, late at night. And it was just, yeah, watch that. (laughs) Anyway, this year at the festival, one set and starting ready to go right away with Hurt Bird Bath that you'll find on my highlights list. I don't think I've ever put a festival set opening song on my highlights list before. Cut from the set list the night before in Buffalo, which when you think about it, you're like, damn, that show in Buffalo is already hot. Like, cutting Hurt Bird Bath was an okay choice. And based on how they presented it here... It was all right that they allowed it to simmer just a bit longer before serving because it was very nice. Remind me, next, this would enjoy a nice jaunt around the neighborhood, branching off after three minutes, coming back to earth gently about six minutes later, rearing up and heading straight into sex metal. Timestamp-wise, this is the longest song the band played during the set, But as I will get to here in a minute, there were meteor jams in the evening. A standard crucial taunt would follow. No diss. Love the fuck out of that tune. And I think it would be a perfect radio song for them. I know I've talked about that here on the show. Followed by Small Strides. This would also find a spot on my highlights list. They've really been enjoying the hell out of playing this tune live in its short lifespan, 14-ish, 15 months that this song's been around. This version here is another example for that, and it's very exciting to think that there are still epic things in the future for Small Strides. The second half of this set would deliver some very heavy hitters, First up, a very nice Ringo, followed by an all-in-time sandwich stuffed to the brim with two tunes, both of which found a spot on my highlights list. Up first, Higgins, and boy, was it a very big Higgins, very big Higgins, and quickly coming back to all-in-time, just real quick. They've been playing that more frequently lately, 12 times so far in 2023 at the time of this episode's release in early September. And you know what? I'm not mad about it. 
especially if the front half of it is going to go on a 90s grunge adventure on its way out, like this one here, opening up and revealing its more lighthearted and sensual side, landing softly on a cloud and allowing ourselves to release and allow the music to float along and drop us nicely at our next destination, the aforementioned Higgins. And like I just said a few minutes ago, Big Higgins. Timestamp of just over 14 and a half. It's a very hearty helping and very worth your time to give a spin. A scapegoat next. That would feature a very sexy unleashing of a 25 or 6 to 4 jam. They call it a tease, but that was a nice little, that was a nice little jam. By Chicago. As I mentioned, you'll also find this on my highlights list. 25 or 6 to 4 is another cover that I am waiting to hear, which considering recent events surrounding another cover that I have been waiting to get live, which I'll get to that in a future episode, I may just speak up about wanting them to play 25 or 6 to 4 over New Year's. They have played it, but only once on New Year's in St. Louis back in 2011. And they've been dusting some stuff off, so I'm starting the petition that they dust that off for this coming New Year's festivities. So let's uh, let's get that moving and you want to get your signature on there. And the conclusion of All in Time to close out this one setter at Peach Festival. And, you know, I guess I will end it with this final comment this week. After talking about the Bonnaroo set and Peach Festival set this week and 4848 Festival they played, which we're going to get to in a future episode... I personally don't believe that you can make a comment about a festy set list anymore. I mean, I can totally be wrong. There are many more one set festy shows to be played still. But currently in 2023 in Umphrey's world, they are not playing quote unquote a typical festy set set list like maybe looking at it on paper I mean looking at these not I don't think so but looking at on paper maybe but do not dismiss any one set festival show with Umphreys in 2023 don't I mean I I never really felt that way about festy sets I mean maybe once in a while I didn't feel that way anyways but I know other people have said things that's not the case with these recent festival appearances by the band definitely not so with that that's everything I have for this week of the show there's a bunch of links in the show notes including where you can listen to the shows we chatted about, where you can check out the set lists, and for anything else I may have referenced throughout this episode. Also in the show notes, links for how you can check out the member-exclusive content on Patreon, and so much more. So check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.